stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of ETF Research, Nina Mishra, to discuss a very hot topic in investing this year. And no, it's not the pot stocks. <laughs> no, it's putting your money kind of where your mouth is or like what your beliefs are. And we're going to talk about how to invest into clean energy and what options are out there. Now, you could go around and try to find a whole bunch of stocks that kind of fit the MO. Uh, That's always an option, of course, but that's pretty time consuming. And I'm not sure I could, you know, do all the research to figure it all out myself. So it kind of makes sense that ETFs would be a place you might want to look for this kind of niche investing. They're they're basically designed perfectly for something like this. And so sure enough, there's a whole bunch of ETFs you can get into that cover this area. So we're going to cover all the hot ones on this episode. And Nina, you did also, we were talking before the podcast about there's a couple of ETFs that have launched that are mainly about just social investing, which includes the clean energy issue, but other social investing type of things. And these are real hot too. So we thought we'd cover a couple of those in the beginning here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just giving a little bit of background, ESG ETFs were very popular with institutional investors always. Uh, Now, what does that mean, ESG? Environment, social governance. Oh, okay. So some people call it socially responsible SRI funds, or ESG has become the term ESG has become more popular. Okay. Uh, in recent years, and they were always popular with institutional investors. Uh, ETFs were not uh, sorry; they were not very popular with retail investors, individual investors. So nobody cared until recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, and one of the reasons uh. was that uh, uh, there's uh, still a lot of money invested in ESG mutual funds. Okay, and that's inv- what I remember. Yes, and that money is sticky because oh. investors. Those uh, that invested in ESG mutual funds, they don't really care about performance or the expense ratio. So they they have invested according to their beliefs and that money is sitting there. Yeah. On the other hand, other corners uh, of mutual funds, they have seen a lot of outflows uh, into ETFs because ETFs are cheaper, they are more tax efficient, but ESG investors don't care so much about performance. So that okay. is why that mutual fund money has been stuck, sticky. But in recent years, we have seen a lot of interest from uh, individual investors in ESG ETFs too, particularly this year. And this year, in fact, uh, inflows into ESG ETFs through July 17th were uh, $4.7 billion. Uh, And compare that to about, uh, uh, last year it was just about half. Uh, It was $2.6 billion. For the full year? For the full year. 2018, it was $2.6 billion. So we were already double that by the almost double by the middle of the year yes wow but, but there's there's a catch oh <laughs> of course uh, yes uh, so there were two etfs that launched this year and those are the cheapest esg etfs 
ever. Okay. Uh, they, the ticker is uh, SUSL, uh, which is by iShares. It is the iShares ESG MSCI USA Leader CTF. Okay. And this one by Extrackers Deutsche Bank. The ticker is USSG. Uh, Extrackers MSCI USA ESG Leader uh, ESG Leaders Equity ETF. Now, these uh, both these ETFs, they saw a lot of inflows. Uh, the seed money came from a Finnish uh, pension insurer, pension company or uh, insurer. Okay, so, that so is- like one of the big in Finland, they decided we want to be in ESGs and we're going to put it all into at least one or two of these ETFs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it was a Finnish insurer called Emari. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing correctly or not. <laughs> uh, but we have also seen a lot of interest from retail investors, as I mentioned, particularly millennials. They yeah. want to put money where, according to their beliefs, uh, companies totally. companies that, uh, you know, invest in causes that they like. Um, another reason for popularity of ESG ETFs is that earlier the products were not very investor friendly. They were like they followed some exclusion approach, okay, clean energy ETF or uh, sin-free ETF or whatever um, like that. But in recent years, we have seen products that can be used as portfolio building blocks. So they are very close. Uh, They resemble the broad market a lot. Okay. Uh, But, uh, you know, the companies that get higher weightings in these ETFs are those which include, which score higher on the ESG criteria. Okay. So uh, investors like those products because their performance is very close to the broad market performance and they can be, you know, used in the portfolios. And another reason I think why ESG ETFs have been popular this year because energy is not doing well. Right. And most, <laughs> most of these uh, ETFs and mutual funds, they exclude fossil fuels. So whenever yeah. energy does not do well, these ETFs, you know, perform close to the market or even better than better. the Better, yeah. I've noticed that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up when we talk about some of the actual clean energy ETFs. Because I was like, wow, this is doing, you know, much better than the S&P 500. Oh, wait, because they've taken out, you know, Exxon and Chevron, which have not been yeah. doing well this year at yeah. all. Yeah. So that makes some sense. So you said these had low expense ratios on these two. What what does that mean? How uh, low? Ten, just 10 basis oh, points. Oh, 10 basis points. Which, which is really low for... Wow, um, yeah. If you call this a niche fund, then obviously 10 basis points is very low. Now, if this is supposed to track, you know, uh, pretty close to the overall bigger indexes, Mm -hmm. would both of these have like thousands of stocks in them? Yeah, they would be pretty close to MSCI indexes, okay. broad market indexes. Okay. Uh, just exclude companies uh, which invest in, you know, weapon manufacturers, right. or fo- fossil fuels, or other same type of stocks. Now, uh, there was some problem with a couple of Vanguard ESG ETFs earlier okay. this year. Uh, they were in news because due to some mistake by the index provider, they were holding a couple of weapon manufacturers. Oh. And when it was pointed out, they immediately you know, took those stocks out. Their weighting was quite small, yeah. but that was in news okay. earlier this year. In general, these ETFs would exclude all those types of stocks in right. addition to fossil fuel stocks. Okay. 
All right. So those are some good ideas if you want just kind of this big portfolio building block type of funds, yes. ETFs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's switch over to the ones that are more focused on clean energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of going through these on um, based on a list that Nina gave me before this podcast of the ones that she thinks we should be talking about. And I was interested to see that it kind of started um, with the the one that has like the most stocks in them, and then it went more narrow as we go along. So that's what we're gonna we're gonna cover today is like the big broader ones and then we're going to get more into the niche so the first one i want to talk about well we'll talk about both of these i guess because they seem really similar to me is the iShares low carbon target etf and that ticker is crbn and then state street has the spider low carbon target etf lowc they seem to have similar expense ratios of just 0.2% that I've seen. And then I, when I went to go look at their holdings, I was like, wait a minute. These are basically like the same holdings. Now, what I thought was interesting about this, I had no idea because I hadn't looked at any of these before this podcast. And I was like, oh, low co- carbon target, what will be in there? Well, obviously not energy. <laughs> None of that will be in there. But I was like kind of shocked to see that the top holdings were fang the top five holdings were fang so that's what you're getting when you're buying these and then it was like mastercard visa jp morgan nestle was in there i did notice that on one of them the lowc the um, state street one that it's 55 percent u.s and then everybody else japan is number two 7.4 so you are getting pretty global with with that one but, you know, they have over a thousand holdings, both of these, and they, their returns look very similar. So I, because I believe they're following like the same index. So what, why, how do I pick between these two? Is it just whichever one I stumble upon first or I like iShares more than State Street Global Advisors or how do I? What's yeah, the difference? Yeah, yeah, they they are both they pretty. Similar. They're both pretty similar. They were launched around the same time, and in fact, they were seeded with cash from United Nations uh, Pension Fund. Oh, okay. So, wow. Yeah, so uh, United Nations uh, Pension Fund worked with these two providers, and then they launched these ETFs, and they are pretty similar as you mentioned. Okay. And you get a very broad exposure. Uh, to companies which have a low carbon footprint. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention about the popularity of ESG ETFs, earlier it was not uh, you know, possible to calculate the carbon footprint, especially in emerging markets and international, other international markets. But of late, because of you know, advances in data science and in uh, better data avail- availability, MSCI, Sorry, MSCI really uh, calculates carbon footprint of all companies around the world very well. So that is another reason for popularity of low carbon footprint ETFs. But these both these ETFs are pretty similar. And uh, if you talk about low carbon footprint, which which are the companies which produce low carbon, it's mostly companies which are cash rich, which are doing well, which are the technology companies. Right, because they don't have to have like warehouses, you know, making it 
anything. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Facebook is definitely going to be one of the low carbon, someone like that. Yes. So, so I, I think people just have to kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Because yeah. you, I was you not will prepared. get a lot of technology exposure yeah. if you if you want to invest in low carbon and ESG um, ETFs okay. and definitely um, well, a lot of te- technology exposure. And these, uh, like some of these um, ETFs, they focus on. Um, Eat, uh, companies that are LGBT friendly uh, and other social causes friendly, and again, uh, which companies are you know score high on those metrics? It's the technology companies. Okay, looks like we get a dividend yield with a couple of these too, mm-hmm. which and it's not too bad. It's two point four. It looks like with the CRBN, and it's about two point five or thereabouts. They're about the same with the other one. So, so yeah. Oh, okay. So there's those two. I wasn't that excited about them, to be honest, because I feel like it's just, I'm not sure, maybe these exclusion type of ETFs aren't the ones for me, because I feel like that's all it's doing. It's stripping out, obviously, the fossil fuel and anyone else who's not, you know, who is higher in the carbon. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I was expecting, which we're going to get to, like somebody, an ETF that's actually investing in the like emerging technologies in this area. So... But if you just want to strip it out because you don't want to own any of those, then those make sense to me. Now, this third one is also another one of those that just strips it out. And it's the Spider S&P 500 Fossil Fuel Reserves Free ETF, SPYX. Now, this one I felt like was the one if you really want to put your money where your beliefs are yes you want to own the s&p 500 but you do not want to own exxon chevron or any of those guys because this one has 485 holdings and there's obviously 500 holdings in the s&p 500 so you're just stripping those out and yet you can still hold the s&p 500 and feel good right so this can be a part of your core portfolio okay Uh, you are basically getting the broad market exposure at an expense ratio of just 20 basis points and we know that because uh, energy has underperformed so much yeah so that is why energy is now a very small part of the S&P 500 index. It's just about 4, 4.5% or something like that. Yeah. So you'll b- basically get almost 95% of S&P 500 exposure right. at a very reasonable cost. And probably the ETF will continue to outperform the S&P 500, slight, though slightly, uh, because energy weight in S&P is so small now. Yeah, uh, I saw year to date, it's up 20.86%. And that's definitely better than the overall S&P yes. 500. Yeah. So not too bad. Yeah. So ESG investors can be happy about including yeah. fossil fuels from their portfolio. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting one. The biggest holdings are um, what you would expect, Microsoft is number one with Apple a close number two. I think they they switch off on whoever's the biggest yeah. here seemingly every day. So, yeah, you know what you're going to get in this one, and, but what you don't want to get as well. So that one was intriguing to me if you're going to buy one of the ones that um, just excludes out. Okay, so let's keep going. Um, now this is where I feel like we get into the more interesting niche ones that are – ETFs that are looking for companies that are kind of going into the clean energy area. 
um, instead of just excluding the ones you don't want. So the first one was iShares Global Clean Energy ETF, and that ticker is ICLN. And um, let's talk about that one first, because I don't want to get into another one, because the, these are different. They're not in the same area. So this one seems to be around a long time. I have Inception was in 2008. Mm -hmm. So it's this is one of the longer ones. And there's only 30 uh, stocks in this one. So you are going to get something a lot more narrow. And then I took a look at the names, and I didn't know like any of them in the top 10 <laughs> holdings. But this is good. This is like what I want as an investor if I'm interested in the clean energy area. Because I, I know I couldn't find all these companies. Plus, it's not all just US. I noticed on the list of the top 10, there's like New Zealand, Austria, there was a wind system industrial company out of Denmark on there, I would not be able to find all those or try to invest in them individually. So that's also why I like this one. And then I did notice that they have like a kind of a combination of industrials and then utilities was the other big category. Um, some information technology too. I, I feel like there's still going to be a lot of tech in these. Yes. Uh, so Clean energy ETFs and solar ETFs in particular have done really well this year. So one of the reasons is that now many of these clean energy technologies, they are becoming more cost effective. Okay. In, in fact, uh, solar technology is, you know, if when it is produced, uh, it is pretty competitive uh, with the traditional type of energies, which is used, uh, you know, produced by the power plants. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a new California law, which now oh, requires yeah. installation of so solar panels. On if you build a new home. New home in yeah. California. Uh, so those are some of the reasons why solar ETFs and clean energy ETFs have done very well this year. But remember, they are going to be very very volatile okay uh, if you that look <laughs> if very you, volatile uh, if you look at their history you will see that they <laughs> they have underperformed uh, for a long time yeah. and uh, uh, then this year they started uh, outperforming and uh, because of their global exposure they are more expensive too for example yeah. I see and charges 46 basis points. Uh, PBW, which is the other ex, uh, popular clean energy ETF that charges 70 basis points. Okay. Uh, but obviously, uh, because investors chase performance too, so that is why these ETFs have also seen a lot of inflows this year. Uh, now, if you look at the iShares product, that's about 41% US okay. and rest international. So obviously, if you invest in these clean energy ETFs, you should be prepared uh, for a portfolio that does not resemble the broad market US, right. US equity exposure because they will have a lot of small and mid-cap uh, companies, a lot of global companies. Uh, uh, so if you're prepared for that kind of pro portfolio, then it makes sense. Um, okay. I'm looking at PBW. Yeah, that's the, the other like niche one, the Invesco Wilder Hill Clean Energy ETF is the name of that one. And that one, it says, invest in U.S. companies in cleaner energy and conservation. And I saw that it has 40 holdings. The biggest category is industrials with them, and then IT, and then utilities. But this one, I this is what I thought was really interesting, because it actually did list out 
what percentage were in like the small caps, large caps, all that. Most of these other ones were more larger caps, at least the first couple that we mentioned, because obviously they're old, owning Microsoft or Apple or companies yes. like that. Yeah. But um, this one, the Invesco one, it's 32% of the fund is small cap growth, then 15% is small cap blend, and then 14.4% is small cap value. So that's huge. And then that also explained why the forward PE was 51.8. <laughs> You're not yeah. getting anything cheap. And I was like, there must be some growth stocks in there. And there is, obviously. But that's what it's going to take if you're looking for investments in this kind of emerging area. They're in a lot of these small small stocks. Although I did see the, the biggest holding was Tesla yeah. at 3%. But then after that, it was names I, I that did you not wouldn't recognize. recognize. Yeah. Correct. So this has more U.S. exposure compared okay. to ICLN. ICLN was just about 40% U.S. This is about 83% U.S. Wow. And then China is the second biggest holding, China, Canada, and then, of course, Chile, France, and other countries okay uh, but because of outperformance of those clean energy stocks this is also one of the uh, big outperformers this year and has seen a lot of interest from investors yeah so everybody wants to chase chase yes. those returns yeah. <laughs> but uh, tan which focuses exclusively on solar energy is probably the best performer among ESG okay because i know the solar stocks have been hot yeah that's a little dangerous to focus only on solar, though. Yes, uh, there the, are the a couple of stocks like Enphase Solar and Solar Edge. Uh, those have surged this year, so that okay. that resu resulted in you know very good performance by that ETF. Uh, the ticker is tan, easy to remember. But tan, again, like yeah. tanning, ten. <laughs> but <laughs> again, funny. But again, remember <laughs> they are going to be these these uh, niche ones are going to be very volatile. Yeah, good reminder for everyone who's out there. Um, okay, so we covered quite a bit on today's show. There's a lot going on in this area. And I am always excited to look at the ETFs and like these like newer, hotter, hotter types of investments because they are so good at, you know, getting you exposure to things that otherwise you might not have known about. Plus, if for some of you, if you do want to buy individual stocks, you can go and look at the top 10 holdings or even just download what the entire portfolio is if you want to go look at individual companies within there. If you want to do that, I don't know. Um, some people would if they're just looking for ideas or whatever because mm -hmm. they prefer to own the stocks versus the ETFs. But this sure makes it easy to own, you know, a lot of things in this area or not to own the ones you don't want to own, which is, you know, energy, coal and and oil and natural gas and all that stuff. So, yeah, definitely. My, my personal favorite are the ones that resemble the broader market. Okay. But whole companies that are, you know, score high on either low carbon footprint or other ESG criteria. So, go, well, that's go. not fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can own that one and I'll own the crazy niche ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we'd have a good portfolio, actually. De definitely. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, recap some of the tickers again. So those really broad 
um, ESG type of ETFs that we mentioned in the beginning are SUSL, that's the iShares one, and USSG is the Deutsche Bank one. And those have the lowest expense ratios out of all these that we've talked about, just 0.1 um, percent is the expense ratio. And then switching over to the more niche ones, we had the iShares Low Carbon Target ETF, CRBN, and the State Street Low Carbon Target ETF, L-O-W-C is the ticker for that one. And then we had basically the S&P 500, but without the fossil fuel stuff. So getting rid of that, it's the fossil fuel reserves free ETF. S-P-Y-X is that ticker. And then going even more narrow, the iShares Global Clean Energy ETF is I-C-L-N. And then we had the Invesco Wilder Hill Clean Energy ETF. PBW, P is in Paul, B is in boy, W is the ticker on that one. And if you're interested in the super niche and very narrow, the solar ETF is TAN, T-A-N. So this has been interesting. I feel like this is going to be a topic, Nina, we're going to talk about for yeah, definitely. There are some more weird and very interesting ones. Probably we should discuss okay. some other time. <laughs> yes, we'll do another episode. I like weird yeah. and interesting. So yes. this is intriguing now. So you don't want to miss a single episode. You want to get them all. So the next time I have Nina on with these other weird ETFs, I'm like waiting to find out what they are now um you will get the episode so be sure to subscribe you can get us an apple podcast of course we are on spotify and i know a lot of you are getting us there and on soundcloud but be sure to get us somewhere and i'll see you again next week with some more stocks